the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. And for the next hour, we're here talking about cars. And you're welcome to join us if you have a car question or a car problem. Then the phone number is 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Sitting next to me, flying wing today, is Billy from 25th Street Auto. And Billy's been around. His hair is the color of mine. And we're both gray. And we both got finger... Uh, you got dirty fingernails? Not today. Oh. <laughs> it, it's, it's my month to take a shower. You know? Oh, that's... I, you know, I never thought of it that way. No, Renee's pretty... Um, is the one that... Uh, you'll see that this one's got smashed by a hammer. <laughs> And so the, I have this one fingernail that's all black, I and, see uh, and and it's grown out. And I told her, just she says, well, I can put something over the cover of that. And I said, you, if my buddies knew I had fingernail <laughs> Find out polish, you were polishing my nails. Yeah, <laughs> then that would be really bad. Anyway, a couple of places in town that are really good places. Kurt's Auto Repair is up on I-17 in Bell. He's been a go-to shop of mine for many, many years. As And I have a I have a list of about 30 shops that are the go-to shops in town that I know the owners, and I know that they're honest and dependable, and they do what's right. So Kurt, like almost all of them, are independent, family-owned, and operated. He was just recognized last year, I think it was, for as a Better Business Bureau Ethic Award winner. He opened his doors in 1987. He's been working on domestic and import vehicles, gas and diesel, for a very long time. And he has ASE certified technicians. So if you're in the area of Bell Road and I-17, the northeast corner is Kurtz Automotive. Um, it, he's surrounded by a lot of other automotive facilities, but when it comes to uh, being the, the well-rounded dog in that neighborhood, Kurtz clearly is the one. And speaking of dogs, let's talk about Tom Blackwell over at Blackwell Automotive. <laughs> How did you like that transition? <laughs> There's some transition. <laughs> Tom and I have been friends and we're cut from the same cloth. Uh, both of us are a little rambunctious. Both of us get into trouble on a regular basis, and both of us know right from wrong, and there's not any technicians that are likely to tell us that we're wrong unless we already know we're wrong, <laughs> and we'll raise our hand. Tom's over at 40th Street and uh, and Greenway, and he's been around a long time. He has a vintage car repair center as well as a regular mom and dad kind of car repair center. So if you have an old car and you want somebody to freshen it up and you want somebody to get it to where you and your wife can take it, uh, you know, to Apache Junction for dinner or something like that, then Tom's a good guy if you live up in that northeast part of town. So 40th and Greenway, Blackwell Automotive, ASC certified technicians, and like most of the shop owners of Successful, they know right from wrong. And, Billy, I think you'll agree that we, we can smell it and we can hear it long before the technician knows we can when they're blowing smoke up our skirts. Oh, yeah. 
So it doesn't take long to separate the men from the boys. When you hire somebody, it's within the first week or two you'll figure out what his level of ability is. But you'll also know that he came from a shop um, that shares your philosophy or he came from a shop that you despise that philosophy. Right. Which is sell everything you can, and every car has to leave with a three or four hundred, five hundred dollar ticket. There are some shops in the valley that still adhere to those kinds of ridiculous ideas. Yeah, uh, un- unfortunately, there's way too many in our industry that oh, this is a business. All that matters is the bottom line. No, we're in the service industry. People pay us for service, but the first is we have to provide that service. We have to do what's ethically right. We have to do what's financially. Right. We have to do what's environmentally right. We want to replace all them fluids years before they're due. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, we've got to take care of our environment. And, and most of the times, uh, folks, if I took my car in, it's got 40,000 miles, and they gave me an estimate for $2,000 worth of work. That's a conversation that you can have with a well-established shop about another shop. So it's not uncommon for folks, because of our radio presence, more than likely, they'll call the shop and say, I got 40,000 miles, and this is what they said. Not too long ago, the car was two years old and had 40,000 miles on it. That puts it into a different category, because somebody's driving a lot of miles a year, Mm 20,000 a year. Yeah, somebody needs to look at that to verify if that really does exist, if that need exists. But with respect to spark plugs at 40,000 miles, no. The car right. calls for 100,000-mile spark plugs. Mm-hmm. You want to do them convenient? Fine. We'll do them at your 96,000 oil change, yeah. whatever. Yep. But, but we'll do that. And why don't you, you can wait till they start missing if you want. I mean, some of the old guys, they do that. They just said, I'm going to drive the spark plugs until I get a miss, and then I'll change them. Okay with me. There's a little bit of a hazard there because if we fill up the catalytic converter with some raw fuel, then we're going to have a problem. Yep. And it's going to be it's going to be a, a real negative. Your spark plug replacement just went. The cost is now ten times that amount because you got to put a cat on it. <laughs> yep. Or what happens when we try to take the spark plugs out? Now we can't save any of the spark plug boots. Now is there an issue with it won't come out of the cylinder? If this we oh. had some Ford pickup trucks where the spark plugs were a little unhappy in there, you know. You, you're right. Um, I, I'm thinking. Give me a year that. Forget the mileage. We need to really get the plugs out and fresh ones in because of that problem that is getting worse. What would be the years? I'm going to say I'm going to. I'll go first. Four to five years, because at ten thousand miles a year we're at fifty thousand miles. At twenty thousand miles a year we're at a hundred thousand miles. So I mean that four to five year range seems to be. Um, I, I suppose my comfort zone well all all my years under the hood taking spark plugs out of cars and think well if it you know if it's this engine i think this if, if it's aluminum head i think this you know but if if the car is driven very little you know a spark plug may be okay 10 years later and and, and five would be an early thing with that example you're, yeah. you're right yeah if, if we're going to be uh err on the side of caution and and be proactive with it i don't see where that would be unreasonable to do, yeah. just like you said, at, five, to think about that at five. Because five years at 5,000 miles a year is 25,000 miles. That's too early for a 100,000-mile spark plug, mm-hmm. okay? But I'm thinking five years at 10,000 miles is 50,000 miles, yeah. which is half the life now of 100,000. Now we're already 000. half. Exactly. Instead so of a third. The, those kinds of things, is you kind of look at it. Um, 
it's not really that difficult to pull one spark plug and take a look at it and know you don't have to go look at a picture you can look at it the the seasoned guys the guys that have been in this industry for for 10 plus years they're going to look at it and they're going to know if it needs to be changed or not yeah it'll be that easy they call that reading a spark plug yeah 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 it's really easy and all we're doing is we're looking at the threads we're looking at the gap we're looking at the center electrode Mm -hmm. we're looking for where and we might even break out a fielder gauge and check it and if it's at 60 if it's at 70 thousandths and it's a 60 thousandths gap then yeah that 10 thousandths extra gap is because of where Yep, and at that particular point, then it's a tough thing. So it's, you talk to the customer and say, "You got two choices: I can do them now, or we can go another year or two, and we'll do them then." Yeah. So and and I've read uh, an engineering story about spark plugs. Uh, you know, not only is there physical wear, mm-hmm. you know, that you can see, um, but this does, it's designed to have a cycle life. How many times you cycle it? How many times you put forty thousand volts through it? You know. You know, for the, for us to wait to 150,000 miles on something that should have been replaced at 100, probably not a bad. You know, like the guy that says, "I'm going to wait for it to misfire," mm-hmm. and then the uh, the the stack up of problems behind that. You know, okay, now we've overworked the coil packs and things like mm-hmm. that. You know, so it's just better to take good care of things. The coil is going to send a spark to the spark plug, and it's going to push hard until the spark is generated at the spark plug. When Billy says we're taxing the coils, the wider the gap, the harder the coils have to work to jump the gap. Now, keep in mind, in the old days, we had, do you remember ever going to the fair where the guy had a six-cylinder motor and it was idling and he would reach up and he would touch all six spark plugs and kill the engine? I, I know of that, but I never witnessed it. I witnessed I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> I was enamored by that. I was just enamored by that. So the voltage is going to be somewhere, in my opinion, between 10 and 13K, thousand, thousand. on that spark plug in that kind of old system. There was, yeah. There's no other way. Today, where are we at? What K? Yep. 10 to 13 on the old cars. Four, six times that? <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> we're, we're you know up, it when you touch one. <laughs> we're, we're at 75 to 100,000. Yeah. I mean, we are clear up there. It hurts, and it will just shake you to your bones when you get shocked by a, new, new, yeah. a newer car in the last 10 years. It hurts. Yeah. And if you're dumb enough to grab a hold of it when it's running and you think you're going to show off to the guy next to you and you pull the spark plug boot and the spark just hits you, it it's there's there's going to be there should be a thought in your mind that you are really close to pooping your pants right now <laughs> because that's how hard that hits yeah. and it and it's so it rock your world <laughs> it does it does it does all righty i think we have a caller gil who might that be say hello to martin martin good morning good morning mark i have a question about greece not the movie not the country okay <laughs> i am a ham radio operator and i have a crank up tower and the drum has a bearing on it with a Zerk fitting. Uh, recently, I decided to I need to get a new 14-ounce tube of grease, and there's lithium, moly, marine, multipurpose, and I'm just wondering, can you give some sort of primer? Because back in the old days, grease was grease, but today, oh, and there's also uh, uh, synthetic, mm-hmm. and it runs from $4 to maybe $24 a 14-ounce tube. What is a good general-purpose grease for a riding mower, uh, a couple of bearings here and there, not vehicle type. Okay, but you're changing it on me now because this antenna that you have, it rotates, and this bearing supports the rotation of the antenna, right? Uh, no, it coils a cable. Oh, There's a, okay. a, a, a half-horsepower motor, belt-driven to the drum, and the drum winds and unwinds the cable. Okay, and, okay. And uh, twice a year I go out there and I... Uh, 
uh, uh, grease the uh, the bearing that's in there. Billy, uh, which grease should he use on that uh, on that application? First thing I thought of was I'm not certified in ham radio antennas. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a drum that rotates with very little load on it. I, you know, and very I'm, little RPM. Yeah. I'm thinking anything is going to be fine. Anything will lubricate and displace moisture. When in doubt, just put the synthetic one, and I don't care if it cost me $12 and I could have got it at 4 The grease is going to last you 10 years in that cylinder. But 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 I, I'm going to go back to the moisture because that's the one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. We, he, and he's talked about something that's anti-moisture that, that will help repel yeah. the water. It's outside, I imagine. Yeah. And yeah. if it's outside, then... So I'm thinking the default for Mark Salem is is get the marine grease. Get the marine grease that's used to round, around water. Be in water, yeah. And, and, and uh, now, are these bearings, when you pump grease into them, do you see grease come out of them? Yes, I do. And there's only, uh, I guess there's one bearing that uh, on the side. I, I can't get to the one where the uh, uh, belt-driven motor part is. So there's only one Zerk fit. Okay. And, and, and if you can, if you pump uh, a hand pump, you should flush the bearing. Mm-hmm. So you're going to push new in and push old out, then wipe it off with a paper towel or, you know, your wife's best shirt or something like that. And Absolutely. that's all you do. But I'm with Billy. I don't know that I want to spend $20 a tube for a synthetic grease from a ham radio wheel that's going to be used, you know, like yours. And especially because there's no heat and, and water is the only thing I can think of out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So, you, you know, about water. I don't think you could go wrong in anything, but um, if you like the color... I like red for the marine applications, and, okay. um, and that's right. the ones Thank I you. use for the wheel bearings on our boat trailers and stuff is the red grease. And he does that so he can tell the difference between the ocean and his grease. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's true. <laughs> All right. I appreciate the information. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you bet. That's, those are questions you, know, you get once in your lifetime. Is it, but the, how many, there's, there's green grease, red yes. grease, charcoal. White. White. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything else, but but there's all kinds of marketing strategies that go along with the grease as well. To be perfectly honest with you, when you're using a grease gun and a zert, all you're really doing is flushing the old grease out and putting new grease in. Right. So whatever your timetable is. Or water if there's moisture in there. Exactly. Like to push that away. How many times does that happen on trailers when you stick it oh, on the bearing, oh, buddy? Especially on a trailer. Yeah. Now, what happens if I used a green grease on my wheel bearings in my boat, and then the next time I use a red grease? What's your what's you what are you going to say to your customer? I'm your customer, and I just ask you that question. What are you going to say? I'm I'm going to say that I've hoped before they asked me what happens that I would have gone to my primary color chart so I know what that it makes blue. <laughs> I, I I don't remember what it makes when you put those two colors together, but I'm going to say uh, switching colors is a great thing so that we can tell when we flushed the old out with the new. Yeah, no, that's right, and it really doesn't make any difference for me. No, nope. it really doesn't it's make probably any more dye than it is technology. Yep. And we don't have anybody else, but we're going to take a break. And, Gil, I want to order you to get five callers on the line and do that in the next three and a half minutes. Um, Do you understand? I understand. Okay. (laughs) God bless him. He's been, I've been with him. He didn't commit it. He just understood. (laughs) We've been together for 11 years. And 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 with not, not talking about any of the other engineers that ran the radio show, he is like the best. And he doesn't even use any bad words. And that's what I like the best. We'll be back in a minute. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. 
hear the latest reporting and analysis on the big stories of the day on the Daybreak Insider Podcast. It's top-notch reporting from SRN News, along with the sharpest insight from Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, Sebastian Gorka, and the voices of townhall.com. The Daybreak Insider Podcast. It's your first look at today's top stories. Available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and at salempodcastnetwork.com. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing. Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go, like hiking, biking, fishing, or camping. Or do your own thing when you get there with family and friends. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a non-profit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again, or giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals, because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, 22 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. I'm sitting here with Billy from 25th Street Auto. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday I'm here talking about car and car repair problems. Real quick, let me tell you about Action Auto Repair. I've known Tom since 1983. Um, I met him in jail. I was the jailer and he was the prisoner. That's not true, but I'm kidding him. And uh, Tom knows right from wrong. He's been around in the North Phoenix area since 1983. Uh, he has ASE certified technicians and he does a good job and he knows, like I said, from right from wrong so if you live in that area and you're looking for somebody this is what you do as far as i'm concerned you go to a shop that you're thinking about using and have an oil change done and there's going to be three things that happen number one everything looks good keep an eye on this number two here's some stuff that you need to plan for and here's something that's serious that you need to address soon and number three oh my gosh your car have you ever had it serviced by anybody who's competent? <laughs> so those are the three kind of answers you're going to get. But at, at Action Auto, they know the difference between right and wrong. And the oil change is really the inspection point, and that's when we look at what do we need to do to this car to make it last until the next oil change, which could be 3000 or 10000 or even more. And that's really as simple as it gets. So Action Auto, 40, or action, I'm sorry, Action Auto I-17 in Deer Valley, good shop. 
Let's go to Harry. Harry, good morning. Good morning. Uh, top of the morning to you, Mark. And to you too, Harry. Yeah, you were just talking about uh, plugs and and changing and time uh, uh, and all that. Uh, I've got a 2015 Honda Pilot, and uh, looking at the owner's manual, it says change your plugs at 30,000 miles. It, obviously, it has the old copper, you know, just the basic plugs and not any of the, uh, you know, the, the uh, high mileage plugs. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, over five years old, obviously, and uh, do you recommend doing that, even though, even though uh, it's only got 28,000 miles on Well, let me answer it this way. Um, if I were you, um, I would look at the ignition system, grab some component like the crankshaft sensor or you know one of the coils, and get on the Internet and look to see what kind of change. The question is, Is does this have an ignition system that exists today? <laughs> That's what it really boils down to. And there's a good chance yeah. that it does. The second thing, I'd want to pull one spark plug to look at the gap. If the gap's real wide, then I'd probably change it because the wide gap means it's worn. But I'd probably put in a newer spark plug, perhaps one that would last longer because it has everything to do with the environment the vehicle's driven in. We have little old ladies right. with 100,000 miles on their cars, and the spark plugs aren't even warm because all they did is drive to the store and back into the hair, you know, the hairdresser and back. Right. Also, it has the uh, solid lifter uh, <clears throat> deal, and it calls for an adjustment at that time, too. And I know in the past you've said if, if the adjustment's too tight, you're going to get you know, uh, missing, or if it's too loose, you want to get backfiring, and, you know, things like that. It has none, none of those symptoms, so. Okay. Well, um, if, if it's too loose, you're going to have a rattle. You're going to hear a clicking noise, and if it's too right. tight, then oh, yeah, you're going to have a backfire. Yeah, you're right. Um, this is a problem because Hondas do call for valve adjustments, in, in my opinion, a little more often than they should. And I, I am of, of the opinion that I want to hear that I want to hear and drive the car when it's warm. And I want to listen to the vows, and that's about it. So here's the problem. If I tell you in September that I wouldn't adjust your valves, and then in December we get a little clicking noise underneath that valve cover, then we have to both recognize, both the shop and the owner of the car recognize that there's none of us that have a crystal ball that's going to tell you what's going to happen three months, six months, nine months, 12 months from now. So... The, the valve adjustment is a very lucrative repair, not a repair, but a service. The, it's, the, the, uh, the chances of, of having anything go bad are slim and none. <laughs> and, right. And, and so there are a lot of people out there that hang their hats on the Honda valve adjustments, and I'm of the opinion that if there's no noise uh, and there's no symptoms, then I'm not adjusting them. Billy? We wait for a reason. Okay. Uh, you know, like you say. Um, we're having a misfire issue, you know, some odd random misfire codes could be too tight. Uh, we're hearing the clatter, could be loose. Uh, we so rarely adjust valves on those engines. And, and so I'm going to stretch that out one more way. We rarely tell people that they need a valve adjustment because they're the ones that are going to hear the backfiring and the clatter. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. And, and well. so as long as, it, Harry, I know that you live close to Kurtz. And um, I yep. will call him and ask him to put his right ear against your very hot <laughs> valve cover and listen. And, and, and I'll tell him to bill me. Is that okay? 
<laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> I can ask. <laughs> I can no, ask. Gonna well, I'm going to probably get plugged because it is, you know, time-wise, it's, you know, six, six years plus. So, uh, But I just kind of thought that was kind of strange for a vehicle, or, you know, especially Honda and whatever. I think the newer ones, they've gone to the... Uh, Iranium and the you know the better better plugs, but uh, it, it just kind of surprises me because it well, is. Uh, it's an easy thing to answer because if this ignition system hasn't changed, but the spark plugs have gone from thirty thousand to a hundred thousand, then right. I'm of the opinion that I'll put a hundred thousand spark plugs in there. So you you have yeah. a 2015 pilot. I mean, like I said, go to the internet and look at the spark plugs and and look at the coil pack, look at the crankshaft sensor, look at some of the components of the ignition system. And if if they haven't changed, and and let's pretend that the ignition system is an SZ7 and it's still an SZ7, but this one has 100k spark plugs and this one's got 30. It's an easy. Seems transit. like the only difference is the part number on the spark plug. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and that you know, I'm I'm a real right. fan of using the the exact original, whatever the spark plug the engine was built in. You know, I'm an engine performance guy, and, and I'm a fan of that. But if I owned your car, I'd be tempted to do exactly what you and Mark are talking about. Yeah, and, and let me comment on your spark plugs. There's only four companies in the world that make spark plugs, <laughs> and I'm and and I I have a I have a, rep, a a relationship like you do with a variety of reps. Mm-hmm. So we do have a variety of spark plugs. But I can tell you right now, I don't have a Honda spark plug. No. I don't have a Nissan spark no, no. plug. I don't have a Chevrolet spark but, plug. But I want to go to the manufacturer who makes them. For I've had some issues in my life about you know I try to put an Autolite spark plug in it and the interchange doesn't quite exactly interchange to the correct heat range spark right. plug. So if I have the opportunity to buy something from the original manufacturer, you know NGK, you know whatever that is, Bosch, mm-hmm. I like to have the, the original OEM, original equipment manufacturer, not necessarily Honda box. Okay, but but Ford Motorcraft doesn't. Make, there's no such thing as a f- Motorcraft factory that makes spark plugs for nope. Motorcraft. They're just they have vendors. <laughs> yes, they, no, you're right. You're right. And it is a tough time. They interchange each yeah. up sometimes. All righty, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. We have five lines. If you have a car question or if you want to uh, bounce some idea off of us or if you want to call us about some of our thought processes and stuff like that in a nice way, knock yourself out, 602-508-0960. You need a plan as you get closer to retirement, one that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis Saxpilvinus of PSP and Associates Sunday mornings at 7. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis, Sunday mornings at 7. Investment advisory services are offered through PSP Financial Services, LLC, an Arizona registered investment advisor. Listening to 960 The Patriot Online doesn't mean you have to sit at your desk. If you're on the run, doing housework, or on your drive home, 960 The Patriot is at your fingertips wherever you are or whatever you're doing with the Patriot app. The Patriot stream is now sponsored by Guns Etc., an A-plus company working together to bring you an A-plus listening experience. Download the app today at your app store. It's the best way to listen to your favorite shows no matter where you are. Brought to you by Guns Etc. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. 
Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, <clears throat> me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. As a young teenage boy, I didn't even know what autism was. How do you even spell that? A few years later, I heard that a friend's cousin's son had been diagnosed with autism. I still wasn't sure what that really meant. When I went to college, my roommate's brother had autism. When I moved to the city for work, my best friend called me and told me his son had been diagnosed with autism. We were both in shock. I still remember the day I walked into the house and saw that look on my wife's face. I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget how I felt when she said, Our son has autism. Autism is getting closer to home. Today, one in 88 children is diagnosed with autism. That's a 1,000% increase in the last 40 years. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we're required to broadcast some types of political advertising by the FCC. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore, the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and sometimes we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. We need a new stuntman! You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. All about that demon automobile, the metal monster with the polyglass wheels, and result of the dream of Henry Ford. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Let me push all the buttons to make sure that we're all okay, and we are. And we're going to go straight to Jeff because we've got callers, and we're going to go to Jeff first, and then we've got some other ones after him. Jeff, you're first. How can we help you? Well, well, thank you, Mark, and I really do appreciate you being there. I'm actually listening to you on iHeartRadio and calling from Yorba Linda, California. Oh, okay, okay. Really appreciate you being there. Mark, I have a 2012 uh, ES350 Lexus. And I've got a little over 240,000 miles on it. And I remember you saying, and I've been listening to you for about six months now, and I really appreciate you being there. Thank you. Um, I remember you talking about uh, um, the, the, the coolant temperature should get upwards of uh, 200 degrees or so. So I called um, my dealership, bought the uh, Lexus, and talked to the parts manager, asked him what their... Um, their thermostats were set for, and he said 81 degrees Celsius, and that translates into about 177 in English, I think. Um, do I need to be worried that I'm not getting up close to 200? And, I, and again, I've got coming up on a quarter million miles 
a trouble-free miles, I might add, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, your gauge, the middle of the gauge, hopefully your needle's somewhere between the middle and the three-quarter mark. No. Okay. Middle. It's it's middle, middle, middle. Like okay. When, when I get up to temperature, it just, it's straight up. I mean, it, it goes okay. right in the middle and stays there. All right. Go to your local Harbor Freight store and buy one of those digital temperature guns. And you'll use that for a whole lot more than cooking. But you're just going to gun the upper hose. Or stop at your local uh, auto shop and say, do you have a temperature gun? Would you gun my upper hose? We want the temperature to be north of 212. We want it to run 220. And virtually every car that's been made in the last 10, 15 years runs at 220 or supposed to run at 220. We have a 195 thermostat. And the whole reason is we want to boil the water out of the oil. And so we want to take care of the moisture. But at 200,000 miles, if the inside of the engine looks pretty clean and you pull the oil cap off and you look inside and it's nice and clean, then you're reaching the appropriate temperature because you don't have the mud inside your engine that indicates water, moisture, and old oil. Mm. So if you look inside that valve cover and it's got a kind of a golden sheen to it and you don't have any mud, then you're hitting the mark. You're hitting the mark. Just because the manufacturer... even though the thermostat's set for 81C. Well, I don't know yeah. how the transition works. 195 is the number. So I don't know mm-hmm. the Celsius number and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't transfer that in my head either. But I know from cur- current experience, 195 is a very common thermostat. I have seen original equipment uh, be in 180 degrees. When they choose to begin opening the thermostat is their business. But the engine's got to be up to warm operating temperature. Yeah. And, in, and you're right. The, the entire performance of your engine is run by a computer. They're going to make sure they can they can retard the timing and heat the, the coolant up pretty fast. <laughs> and mm-hmm. They can do different things. Shut off the cooling fans. And if your engine's running too cold, your check engine light will tell you so. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So I don't think take a peek inside the valve cover. Take a peek there. And if the inside of that valve cover looks good after two hundred thousand miles, I, I think you just keep doing what you're doing. Yep. I think you'll be fine. Okay. Very good, Mark. Thanks okay. again. You betcha. Al, you're up next. Al, how can we help you? Uh, I have a 2013 Mercedes-Benz uh, ML350 Bluetech car, and the fellow who does my uh, service work said, I don't need motor mounts now, but I'm going to in the near future. Uh, do you have any idea what that uh, costs to get that done? Thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, Certainly please. more than a Ford. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think there's two thoughts I have. Number one, in the old days, we used to do that so that we prepared you for when you came in. We told you, well, it's time to do the motor mounts because we used to pre- we prepared you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, more than likely, your Mercedes, your hot rod Mercedes, has got fluid-filled um, and hydraulically performanced um, motor mounts on it. And so as a result of that, then when they break and they start leaking hydraulic fluid or when the motor sits down on a big flat flat piece of rubber, there's going to be a vibration associated with the motor sitting on, there's no more pillows, it's just sitting on metal. And it's, you're going to feel it in the steering wheel, you're going to feel it in the seat of your pants. So I think he may have been laying groundwork. And if I'm right, the next time you go in or the next time you go in after that, somebody's going to say it's time for doing motor mounts and you don't have any symptoms, then you'll have a tough decision to make. But I would imagine that's going to cost you, it, it's going to be a two or $3,000 bill. Mm. 
Now, okay. <laughs> wait, one more thing. Here's here's the motor mount question is, how will I know? There's a load mount on your V8 motor. It's going to be on the driver's side, okay? When you throttle up hard, the motor mount is disintegrated. The motor will lift up an inch or two and separate the motor mount, the top from the bottom. And if you throttle up really hard and then you let go of the gas real fast, it's going to go boom, and there's going to be a thud. That means the motor mount's broken, and that's the one that goes bad first, is the one on the driver's side of your V8 Mercedes. And and when you have a hard throttle, and then you back off and there's a thud, that motor mount's broken, and you do them all at the same time. So okay. you could say to him, uh, hey, what symptoms of, am I going to have when I need a motor mount? See what he says. All right. Uh, another thing, we're talking about temperatures. Mm-hmm. That thing moves at uh, 90 degrees Celsius, which is about 194 degrees Fahrenheit, and it'll do that all day long, doing 85 miles an hour. Well, we're we're also measuring. We're, um, I understand that. We're we're just trying to do better in just keeping the moisture out of the oil. That's the whole purpose of running a 195 thermostat. But in reality, we know that in most cars, at the application is 220. And, and I know my truck is 220 because I put a separate temperature sender inside the radiator hose so that I can monitor the upper hose because the water comes from the engine, from the upper hose, goes through the radiator, and it sucks the, uh, the colder coolant comes back into the engine. So, Where it? <clears throat> Whereas your engine coolant temperature sensor is probably uh, more like top center on your engine. Mm-hmm. And like Mark's saying, we want to boil the water out of the oil. The oil is not what your engine coolant temperature sensor is. So. Yes. And, and, and he, you're, he's right. We're, we're interested in the oil temperature, and the oil temperature is always going to be hotter than the engine temperature, the coolant sensor that's reported on your dashboard. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay, Al. This thank- is a diesel. It's not electric. Uh, yours is a diesel? It's a diesel, six-cylinder, okay. turbocharged diesel, and it, it runs at a much lower RPM than a gas engine. Yep. Uh, yeah, it but does. you have twice, you have ten times, a hundred times the soot of a gasoline engine. I mean, <laughs> okay. you, you've you got all kinds of, now I have a diesel, and i got 140,000 miles on my Dodge, and I run the heck out of it, and it's a hot rod diesel Dodge. And I run oil analysis every once in a while, but I am, in, and I haul horses, and I haul trash, and I'm, sometimes I'm running empty and wild. The idea is is that when I'm doing that, I'm still getting the water out of the oil. But like Billy said, and he reminds me quite nicely, he could have really hammered me on that. <laughs> we're talking about two different things. We're talking about coolant temperature, and we're talking about oil temperature, and there are two different things. Got to run. But anyway, thank you, Al. Those are good questions. Hank, you're up next. How can I help you? Hey, Mark, uh, and Billy, thanks, you guys, for sharing all the information. It's always interesting and enjoy listening to you. Glad um, to help. Share it with friends, and they think I'm um, brilliant. So, uh, but, <laughs> Anyway, so I've got a 2002 Monte Carlo SS, uh, and I just had an AC system that was replaced on it. I really don't have a technical question, but it was a little jaw-dropping when I saw what the bill was or what I was told what the bill was going Don't tell to us. Be. Don't tell us. Don't tell us what it is. Don't tell us. Okay. All right, Bill. <laughs> okay. You, so this is this is a loaded question because there is no air conditioning system that got replaced on your car. It's not like that that box that sits out your window or on your roof. There's a bunch of components, and depending okay. on how many of those. But the first thing that came to mind was $1,443. Okay, and well, wait a minute. I want to know, did they change you from one refrigerant to the other? 
Uh, no, no, it's the the, no, no. the same. It's one forty three A. Okay, okay. And it, if you did if if they did the compressor and a whole bunch of other stuff and filters and an orifice tube and a flush and all that other kind of stuff, Billy, throw a number. I'm thinking compressors are twelve to eighteen hundred dollars. Some need a condenser. I, and 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 I'm with Billy. It's between one and two thousand dollars. Okay. What'd you do? How much? Yeah. Did? So, so you're right. It was all those components that you just mentioned, and it was twenty three hundred dollars, twenty three and change. Um, and I broke it down between labor and parts. My question was around the labor. It was nine hours labor. And if I extrapolate that out, it was $150 an hour. And I can remember previous discussions that you guys have had. I don't remember that number being that high. I mean, have things changed, or is that a fair Things have number? changed. Well, the, the fit 150 is certainly more normal than the, the, the 80s and 90s we had five, six, seven years ago. So, yeah, the labor rates have gone up. But but I also want to, 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 to draw the distinction. We're pulling the front end of that car apart to get that condenser out of there. And now we're and we're doing right. the orifice tube. And I did they do anything underneath the dash? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I know okay. it was nine hours. I mean, they're a great shop. Okay, but they probably flushed. They flushed the evaporator, which is underneath the dash. They replaced the condenser and the orifice tube and the compressor. Then they flushed the whole system. Then he evacuated it and recharged it. And that not, I would have bet that it was going to be a ten hour plus or minus two hours. So I, 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 okay. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But anyway, thank you very much, Hank and Wayne. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to grab you too. We'll be right back. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960, the Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason, twenty four seven. Adopt US Kids presents multiple choice parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. Ah. Or D, just roll with it. Woo! Justin! Look at us! We're over here! Justin! Justin! OMG! He just looked... I love you, Justin! I love you! When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org slash az. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital. Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits. I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. A little whistle sound comes out when I breathe. But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. 
I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. Well, when it comes to Phoenix, Arizona, may I suggest to you that there's a really good amount of shops in town. But let me tell you about two of them real quick. Larry Harker's Auto's at 38th Avenue and Indian School. Been around since 1967. Bob and Ellen run a really clean shop. They have technicians that are master technicians. They know right from wrong, and they are able to virtually fix any car out there with some exceptions, just like me and just like Billy. There's cars out there that we don't want any part of because they were one, and there's only two of them in Arizona, and getting parts is a tough time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just they're very difficult to work on. So Harker's has been around. If you live up near 38th Avenue and Indian School, or if you've got a problem where every time you honk the horn, the rear door opens, they're really good at those kinds of diagnostic procedures. So that's Harker's. And then up in Sun City, I'm proud of Autodynamics. I got a nice email the other day from a gentleman that said that they went above and beyond what he had asked them to do, and they stayed within the price. And that's kind of nice. But Autodynamics is Sun City's largest and certainly, in my opinion, the most trusted uh, auto repair shop. They're on the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. Good shop. Okay, let's go to the phones, and let's go to Wayne. Wayne, you're first. How can we help you? Uh, A little history. I've had about a dozen Chrysler vans, Dodge, Plymouth, and Chrysler, with a 3.3-liter engine in them. And I run them up to a couple hundred thousand miles, never had problem one with any of them. All I do is change the oil using full synthetic at 10,000. Now I bought a 2016 uh, Dodge Grand Caravan with a 3.6-liter variable valve timing engine. Uh, I understand a little about the differences in them. Uh, it gets better gas mileage, but what do I need to do differently in maintenance to get longevity out of that engine, and you know, would it be comparable to the 3.3 older engineering engine? No, you have to you have to go with the girl that you took to the dance all your life. That's right. So, you, no, you... Um, I. I I don't see any difference between the 3.3 and the 3.5, the 3.6. I don't see any difference. I think you should continue to do what you're doing, and I think you should just watch the temperature gauge just like you did before, and I don't think you'll have any problems. I don't think now's the time to start changing processes and stuff like that when, like I said, you're already at the dance. Really? Right. Well, they've been good to me. I just uh, want yeah, to be sure that I know what to do. You've proven that you can get good life out of a, a V6 engine. I might say there's a little more technology in there with the variable timing and things like that. You might go a little sooner on the oil change, but Mark's right. You'll you'll be fine synthetic oil at that age. But I, you're, I'm going to agree with you because the variable valve timing, let's speed up the oil change by just a little yeah, bit, yeah. just a little bit, maybe a 1,000 miles at, at best. Yeah. But th- I'm with you. Thank you for bringing that up. we got to move on. Bob, you're up next. Bob, how are you? Morning, guys. You know, if these people are looking for high-mileage cars, you know, and like you say, the engine's going to last forever if you don't overheat it and you change the oil. But don't you think that transmission is really the wild card? Because you don't know when the transmission's going to go out. You're right. Um, however, today, the days of the C- <laughs> the Fords and the Chevys, the Chryslers, and the, and the days that Billy and I were grew up in the 70s and the 80s and even into the 90s, they were huge piles of cow manure. They were 50, 60,000 mile transmissions. Today, it's not uncommon to see an automatic with north of 150 mile on it and still performing good. It's not unusual to pull a pan on a 100,000 plus transmission and not find 
anything but a the dime-sized pile of metal filings directly under the clutch application, which is where you would expect them to be anyway, and a little bit of dust from the clutches. No, it's it's Billy altogether different. It it's altogether different. It's just uh, in the, a good way. The oils, for instance, are far superior than they were 20, 30 years ago. They, it, it extends the life of these things. Thank you for that, because it really it has more to do with the oil than it does the transmission. But likewise, the transmission is it's just no big deal. Transmissions just aren't a big deal. The guys that just do transmissions are going to starve to death on the newer model cars. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you bring up a good point. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. And uh, that was Bob, so we need to go to J- uh, Jack. Is that right? Okay, Jack, good morning. Yeah, I, I've got an 08 uh, Dodge Dakota, and I like to work on my vehicle myself a lot. Good. Now, I always, uh, I'm the same age as you guys, and I always try to make Made in America parts, but I find that's been harder and harder to do, and almost everything you buy, say you do a brake job, and uh, everything's made in China now, just about everything you see. And uh, I noticed the shops all use Napa a lot. What do you guys recommend? Um, Billy's a Napa guy. Yep, I'm an I'm a Napa Auto Care Center. I, I've, I've had very good luck with their brakes. They have different product lines of brakes, just because of where it's made. You know, uh, you know uh, they, we were talking earlier about there's only about four manufacturers of spark plugs, but each manufacturer makes more than one grade of spark plug. Um, similar is true with brakes. You just want to f- uh, do some research, look for reviews, things like that. Um, sometimes car clubs for the kind of car you have, who's had good luck with a certain product line. But, you know, if you have a uh, an auto parts store that has a uh, different product lines, use the better brake product. And, and, and let me explain. I know that th- this is kind of like a China and Japan conversation. Um, we, we the, the American car manufacturers take the specification sheet and they go shop it in different company, countries, including South America and Australia and Jap, Jap, Japan and China and everywhere. And, and there are huge factories out there that do nothing but make these parts. Then they put them on a boat and they ship them back here. It's a part that's in a Motocraft box or a Delco box or, or whatever box it is. It's a part made by specifications by somebody who wanted them to be built here. I want you to know that I don't care what box comes in that, what what part that box comes in. I don't care. I'm dealing with four different parts suppliers. Each one of them has a particular line I like. Mm -hmm. But to be perfectly honest with you, we don't care what box it comes in. We're just, we're ordering parts and, and, and there's... I don't remember the last time I replaced, re- returned a part because it came in a box I didn't like the company. So I, I, I don't know that I'd worry about that. And one benefit you have, you're doing this job yourself. If the brakes did squeal just a bit or didn't last quite as many miles, it's okay. You still got a good mile per dollar out of the do-it-yourself or repair. Yeah, and we can't we can't live in that square box because I don't know about you. I got 38,000 active customers. And and each one of them has at least two cars, <laughs> and they have motorhomes and boats and boat trailers and kids' cars. I can't do that. All I know is is that I'm going to buy a good part, and then the company's going to stand behind me. I say, you know what? This thing failed early, but it's out of warranty. If you'll cover the part, I'll cover the labor. And 99 times out of 100, I get my wish. Us too. 
And so if that happens and it's a good customer, it, that's what typically happens. But um, as far as you're concerned, as long as you're gawking into a place that's been around the last 10 or 15 years and sells auto parts, then there's a good chance that we they're going to have pretty much the same. But Billy is right. Napa appears to have the uh, step up, and they've been around since Jesus was a baby and long before cars were born. Yep. And so Napa is a yeah, good place. Like you can't even, like you mentioned, spark plugs. Do they even make those in North America anymore? Do they no. make brake pads in America any longer? No, no, but... I don't, but, I don't but, think so. Okay, but, but, but I'll take the other side of that argument. I have a motor mount, and I send it to China, and they make it for three dollars. So when it gets here, I send it to, I sell it to the parts store for nine. I just tripled my number. The parts store sells it to the WD. The WD tells it to the installer. The installer sells it to the customer, and by that time, the customer's got a forty-nine dollar. There's a hell of a lot of people in the United States that made money off that part. So I'm not concerned about where it's made. I have the American flag painted on my truck. I am a patriot. But auto parts, I'm just not going to lose a lot of sleep over that, that it came from China. He made $3 on the part that I'm going to install, and that part's going to cost 90 bucks here to the customer. And so, and that's because of everybody that chewed on that part as it made its way through from the manufacturer to the end user. There's all kinds of people in the middle there. So I don't know that I I get really excited. Are you, uh, are you calling, are your parts people calling three or four houses to, to match pricing? No, I I can't. I we can't. know what product lines serve us well. We use them. Yeah, and same with us. Jack, thank you very much. Craig, you're up next. How can we help you? Yeah, I have an AC question. I uh, bought back in November a used 2016 Buick Encore. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it stopped blowing cold. And I have, I, when I bought it, um, it was a great car. It only had 26,000 miles on it. Now it's got 27. Uh, I bought it with a wraparound warranty. Okay. Uh, with a hundred dollar deductible. Okay. So I'm asking the question: Do I take it to the shop and have them do what they need to do, or is there something I can do up front so I, I'm not going to get stuck for that hundred dollars? Is any anything I can do ahead of time? Quick answer without a crystal ball is yes. Take it to a shop because it isn't going to be just oh they're supposed to stop cooling after. 27,000 miles, and it's just time for a recharge. And so, therefore, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be more than your $100. Matter of fact, any more with EPA rules and things like that, a charge recharge is over $100. And your car was fine one day, and, and, not, and it's not fine now. It's probably not normal recharge. Maybe a rock hit the condenser. You know, it could be a $1,000 job. You know, an electrical failure will often give us a sudden failure. I'm going to say the answer is take it to a shop that will honor that warranty and has a good reputation. And and there's a good chance that this is just going to need suck out the Freon, weigh it, and it and it's three ounce, three pounds two ounces, and it holds four. And so you'd clean up your Freon, put it right back in your car, add eight ounces to it, and you're out the door for the next three, four, five years. That it could easily be that. Unless this was a sudden failure where it was fine one day and not the next day. But the low pressure switch will kick it off if we lose freedom. But it wasn't really fine okay. one day when it was low. Okay, fair but enough. But it would totally die another day. You're, You're right. absolutely right. Mark at MarkSalem.com is my email address. If you want to talk, then leave me a phone number because I like to call you back and I hate to type and my fingers are really short and I don't <laughs> type very well. And we'll see you next week. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.